J.K. Rawlings created the game Quidditch, right? Which was essentially um, uh, lacrosse, right? It's pretty similar to lacrosse. Now, some people actually play it. Yeah, I didn't know this was a thing. <laughs> but there are two Quidditch leagues in the States, right? Two Quidditch leagues, right? There is the US Quidditch, right? The USQ and Major League Quidditch, MLQ. I mean, the Major League. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? And, um, you know, word has come that they are going to change their name, right? And you go, Huh. Why? Because people think Quidditch is just ridiculous? No, they say they're changing their name to distance themselves from J.K. Rowling. <laughs> they say, right, because she, you know, they in this supposed whole trans row, which doesn't make any sense in the first place, Right, it's it's some um, stupid bullshit. To be honest, you know what I mean. But yeah, they they they're saying that is the reason. Now, I call a bullshit on all of this because her name is not even in the name. Right, U.S. Quidditch, Major League Quidditch. Where's J.K. Rowling? It is nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. So if someone hasn't read Harry Potter, they're just going to go, Quidditch? Is that like lacrosse? No, okay. And anyone that has read Harry Potter, they know it's from Harry Potter. They know who wrote Harry Potter, right? It's as simple as that. Like, what are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? And the other big thing is, right? They're like, um, a, a, a spokesperson for Rollings is like, she never even endorsed these leagues in the first place. She wasn't involved in their creation. She's just never been involved with them. So this, right? This is essentially them going... Oh, no one really gives a shit about us. So how can we draw attention to who we are? You hear me? Right. They said they put out a joint statement. Right. And it's like, um, 
They hoped the name change would help them to continue to distance themselves from the works of J.K. Rowling, who they say has increasingly come under scrutiny for her anti-trans positions in recent years. Right? Our sport has developed a reputation as one of the most progressive sports in the world on gender equality and inclusivity, in part thanks to its gender maximum rule, which stipulates that a team may not have more than four players of the same gender on the field at a time. I mean, that's some stupid ass shit anyway. (laughs) Right? It's some stupid ass shit, man. But yeah, it's like, what are you doing? Right? Even the dumb British leagues, like in Britain, we've got the Quidditch Premier League. (laughs) Right? It's so dumb. Right? It's so dumb. So it's like, listen, her, her name isn't in your name, right? And, the, the, you know, the reason it, your sport, if you call it a sport, is popular is because of Harry Potter, right? It's not someone's like, oh, my God, this new sport is crazy. It's so good. It's like, no, you are only a thing because of... Harry Potter, which J.K. Rowling wrote. What are you doing? Right? What are you doing? And it's like, oh, in, in is you know what I mean? They're like, oh, because she's come under scrutiny over recent years. So if you really were concerned, you would have changed it at the very start. You would have been talking this, but no. You're doing it because it's just like, how can we try and get some news, right? No one's covering this because it's bullshit. (laughs) No one's covering this as a sport, right? ESPN haven't bought the rights. (laughs) So they're like, oh, what can we do? Oh, I know. Let's try and make some noise. Let's try and claim we're doing some lofty thing. <laughs> uh, the, these things, it's, it's ridiculous. It's attention-seeking. So shame on you Quidditch people, you dum-dums, you glory hounds. You mean, what are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? Just, just call yourselves lacrosse and be done with it, all right? But yeah, people, whew, that's just the tip of the iceberg for this week. So ah, let's get it popping, shall we? Okay, people, so now this may sound a little harsh, but you gotta, you gotta ride with me on this one, okay? So a um a former boston college student right in your in you hmm, in yoyun you right she um yeah she's uh korean i believe right 
Um, well, she has been found guilty of manslaughter. Well, I mean, she pleaded guilty. It was a plea deal, right? And it's because her boyfriend committed suicide. So it's never a good thing, right? That, that That's never great if someone commits suicide. But he's, a, and you might think, how the fuck did she get involved if, you know, homie committed suicide, right? Her boyfriend was Alexander Atula, right? He also went to Boston College. And so what happened was, hey, she was sending him messages, right? So this is the thing. It's and she sent him, now they say, 47,000, 47,000 text messages over the course of 18 months, not in a, not in a day, people, over the course of 18 months, right, but they're saying she repeatedly told him to kill himself, and, like, so there's, there's things here, right, because, if they were dating for 18 months, right? And over the course of that time, that's all she sent him. It's just like, what? why did you go on more dates? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that, that's the question. Like, wait, how did you get a date to? Because, you know, they've gone out on a date. He's thinking, I mean, that went well. I think that went well. He takes, hey, had a great time. <laughs> Love to see you again. She's like, uh, I hope you die. <laughs> you know, he'd be like, hmm, I think she likes me. Like, now, so that's the thing. So I don't believe that every message she sent was an evil message, right? And so, for her, for someone to start going, you're a piece of shit, I hope you die, something must have gone down, right? Something must have gone down. Now, I'm not to say this, you know what I mean, like, let her off her behavior. Obviously, it's a little deranged to keep on sending messages telling someone to die, unless they're sending you some foul shit. Right, if they're sending you some shit, you'd be like, yo, just leave me alone. Why don't you just die? Boom, I get it. But we don't see this is the thing. In these sort of things, they only ever let out one side of the communications. Right? Now, it is also said that so he must have messaged her because he killed herself himself on graduation day, right? And it seems that he must have messaged to say, I'm just about to kill myself. And so she sent some messages which weren't released at the beginning of the case saying, if you fucking love me, don't do it. Right. If you ever love me, don't do it. What are you doing? So obviously there was some there was some craziness here and. Uh, it like I say, it seems a little harsh, right? Now, with the plea deal, she doesn't go to jail, 
right? So she get she, but she does get ten years of probation, right? Which means you do one thing wrong and you're in jail. Now, I wonder if that includes like a speeding ticket or what's the severity of the shit that has to be wrong for you to break that probation. You know what I mean? I wonder what, like, if you send an, a, an off-key text message or tweet, does that factor in? You know what I mean? Like, if she gets kicked off of Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, does that be like, beep, 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 you go to jail? You know what I mean? What the fuck happens? But, no, I, I, I say it's a little harsh because I kind of feel if Homie kills us himself because of these messages. It kind of seems that he was on the brink. You know what I mean? He was on the brink of doing something, right? It, it, it didn't necessarily take a lot to push him over. Now, yes, if you're receiving these messages every day, that's going to be a bit like, oh, for fuck. But Block the phone number, son, right? Block the number or change your number. You know what I mean? There are ways around this. And the other thing, it's over this course of this period of time. Now, surely, and, you know, I don't know, but I'd imagine he has friends or his family, right? If someone is getting fucked up this much, you can tell, if you're hanging with that person, right, and when they look at their phone, you know, it's like, beep, beep, and they're like, uh, you know what I mean, you're going to be like, yo, what's up, son, what's the, what's the deal, you get these, you, your phone goes, and you just look like you've been kicked in the nuts, like, what's going, like, where was the support system, right, where was the other shit, so, Although, yeah, she, like, it is cold sending certain messages, but a message is a message, right? It's like when people say to you, oh, I keep getting death message, death threat messages on Twitter. It's not really a death threat, right? It's not really a death threat. Someone going, yeah, I wish you should die. That's just dickheads behind a keyboard. Right, that's because your username is Dark King Twenty Seven. Right, no one's using their name, so they feel they can say anything. That's all that is. It's not a legitimate death threat. You feel me? So it is. It's a similar kind of thing. Sending a text message saying you're a piece of shit. Hope you should die. It's it's not nice, but it's it's not really anything right now if if you have got a disposition where sensibilities could be a little fragile and that's listen it's not necessarily a completely bad thing right but then the, you do need some sort of armor right then you do need something to try and protect yourself sometimes that's don't go online, right? If a relationship feels like it's going away, you need to get out. 
right? You need something to help you. But it is easier for, for peoples of that disposition to get pushed to the edge. You feel me? So, yeah, it does feel a little bad for the chick. You know what I mean? But mm, on the flip, it, it's a bit like, yo, it, it, if you're not feeling someone, yo, just, it's done. It's done, though. You ain't cut it there. But, yeah, I am curious to know. What was he saying in in response? Like, what was the thing that led to this? Because they were dating. You know what I mean? They were dating. So what was the thing that made the relationship go stale? You know what I mean? That's the question, people. <laughs> okay, so, man, this James Franco thing. It's kind of crazy how long this shit is taken, right? Because the accusations were made in January 2018, right? January 2018. And only now is, yeah, I don't know, man, it's still going. It's still going. So, right, he went to the Golden Globes because he won an award for the disaster artist, Right? Still haven't seen that film, but I haven't seen the room either. You know what I mean? Or read the book. So it just feels a bit like eh, you know. Um, but yeah, he won a he wore a Time's Up pin during the awards, which then led a lot of people to start saying stuff. Right? Now remember, Me Too and all that was well underway at this point. Right? But then accusations came that he was abusing his power, right? Abusing his power. And recently, he did an interview where he said, I mean, I did have sex with students, right? And, you know, then people were like, oh, that's so insensitive, which, <laughs> here's the thing. Right? Here's the thing about it. He had sex with some women that came to his acting classes. He ran acting classes, studio. I mean, it was Studio A, Studio 4. You know what I mean? It was these two things. Now, we see this shit all the time, right? It's like actors on set hook up. Sometimes married actors hook up with people, you know what I mean, it ends relationships, it ends marriages, you know, you, you see people in, you know, who work together hooking up, people in school, uni together hook up, when you're around people for an extended period of time, relationships and situations form, right, this happens, this happens, so it's not really a surprise, right, that someone might then start, you know, sleeping with people in their class, right, and it's not the same, I wouldn't say it's the same as, you know, a, a school university situation, right, because 
people attending these classes, they finish school, they finish university. This is them thinking, oh, this might give me an edge. Because here's the rub, right? There are a load of different acting schools and things you could go to. Now, I would say, right, can you really learn anything from these things? Because either you can act or you can't. Now, that's not to say, right, someone can't help you maybe polish things, right? That can happen, for sure. But the actual talent, if you had no talent whatsoever, going to one of these ain't going to change that, right? But the reason you go to one run by a big-time actor is because you kind of feel, oh, I might get more roles if I go to this one, right? That's the big thing. And I guarantee you this as well. A number of women going to the James Franco acting school are like, I bet I could get him to, to start dating me. I bet I could get him to fuck me, right? And if you say that's not the case, you're a liar. You're a liar. I've seen girls on message boards talk about wanting to get with people. So, why wouldn't they, you mean, do this? Come on now. It, it's a thing. So, you wonder, you wonder how many wanted to sleep with Franco, slept with Franco, thinking, oh, I'm going to be his girlfriend now, right? Which means I'm going to get to go to all the parties. And yes, this could be my leg up. This could be my cheat code into the industry. And then when it doesn't happen, it's like, what? Son of a bitch. You know what I mean? I, I guarantee that happened. I guarantee that happened. Right now, they may have got auditions, but maybe they just can't act very well. Right now, I'm not saying Franco didn't take advantage. Right. I don't know. I'm not in the room. Right. So I don't know. But what I'm saying to you is. There is definitely the other side of it as well, right? Now, you, you can definitely go, you know, he, he's a bit of shit for, for doing this and what, what, what. But, as I said, there are people that will lay claim to something when the results weren't what they quite thought they might be. I mean, like, they went in going, yeah, fuck, I'll do this. Because... Hey, if I get to get to some parties and whatnot, it's all good. And then they don't get to go to the parties. And it's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? No. No. Oh, how's he sleeping with someone else now? What, are you saying my pussy wasn't good enough? Fuck that motherfucker. 
Oh, I'm going to get him. Right? Come on now. I, I, I guarantee that happened. Right? And sometimes when you see some of the allegations, right? So there was one saying that he got angry because some girls didn't take their top off during a photo shoot. Which maybe that happened. Right? Maybe that happened. But, right? How many times have you been angry about something that wasn't necessarily related to what was actually going on, right? You might ask a question and someone says no, and you're not angry at the no, right? You're angry at something else. Or it is maybe the, you know, just the attitude or something, something, but it's not related to the no, right? So... It's, it, it's hard to know, right? And also, maybe that was the whole thing of the show, right? That you had to take your top off. And he's like, all right, we've, we've done the shots with the tops on, but you have to take, and they're just like, eh, you know what? We don't really want to do that now. We've changed our mind. And it's just like, for fuck's sake, it was the point of the show, Right? So, listen, I'm not saying Franco is innocent, but I'm saying there are two sides of everything. Like, the one thing I do find funny is, like, Franco talking and saying, yeah, I was, you know, I was, yeah, I, I, I was a sex addict. Yeah, I, I was a sex, I mean, like, ugh, you weren't a sex. I don't really believe in the whole sex addict thing. I mean, like, listen, only people wanting sex liking sex, having a higher sex drive than others, yeah, that's a thing, right? Now, the, the like, going, oh, I'm say, yeah, I cheated because I'm a sex addict. No, you just didn't care, <laughs> right? That's the thing. It, it's not really this thing going, oh, if I don't do it, I'm going to die, <laughs> right? It, it's more of a case of you know what, fuck it, if my relationship ends, it ends, I'll get another one, but I want to fuck, I'm going to do that, right, that's the thing, you don't really hold people in a high regard, you know what I mean, so you do it, right, that's, but yeah, claiming in sex addicts and all of that, eh, I don't really buy it, I don't really buy it, but yeah, it, it, it does, because, you know, people say um, it, the power dynamic and all of that kind of thing. And, yeah, it is a thing, right? Listen, you're in people's company. Things happen. Things happen. And it, 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 it's just, you know, because in every relationship, there is a power dynamic. If, if people don't want to admit it or not, there is always a power dynamic. You know what I mean? So, these are grown people, right? These are grown people. So, you know, it, it's easy to get out of a situation when you're an adult. Because you understand the, work, the way the world works, right? They could have been like, you know, someone's like, oh, Hey, do you want to have sex? Be like, eh, you know what? Um, it's my period, right? Oh, I've got cramps. 
I've got, you could say anything. Change schools. As I said, he's isn't, it's not like, oh, this is the only acting school. Go to another acting school. Right? I don't know, people. It, it's just, I feel, you have to be honest about these things. Right? You, you have to look at every every side of a situation. And I kind of feel that with, with this, it, it's just going, oh, he preyed on these poor women. And I'm just a bit like, all right, how many of the women actually were there to try and sleep with James Franco? Right? Because, as I said, you know that at least a few of them definitely were. Right? Definitely were. So, yeah, to say, yeah, I slept with some women in my class, it's not really incentive. It's just admitting to a thing that everyone knows would happen. Right? If you went to every one of these acting schools and you were like, have many people been sleeping? You'd be like, eh, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, we have. You know what I mean? It's just a thing. It's just a thing, people. So, yeah, it's a little crazy. It's a little crazy. But, you know, who knows if we ever get to the bottom of the actual situation. You know what I mean? Who the f okay, so I am a little bit baffled by this whole Tesla situation, right? And what I'm talking about is the whole passenger play feature, right? So if you don't know people, Tesla, right? You know, in one of their updates, they had this new games feature called passenger play, which allowed you to play video games in the car, right? Now, as part of this feature, you know what I mean? It, 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 there was a thing where you had to, when signing in, you had to go, I, I, you know, admit I am not the driver, right? I'm a passenger, because that's it, it's for passengers. It's like, you know, you see those cars and then there's, there's a screen in the back of the seats, right, to keep the kids or whoever the fuck's in the back occupied. Right, it's, it's, a, it's a similar thing, right? So there's this feature for people in the car who aren't driving to play games, right? And you think, yeah, I mean, that's fair, right? That's fair. But people complained. <laughs> people complained and said that, you know, it's, um, well, one person, right, said, uh, you know, filed a complaint saying it's wretchedly negligent. And it's, it's not. <laughs> How the fuck is this feature wretchedly negligent, right? It's on the driver. You know what I'm saying? It's like how people will drive and text or drive and drink. That's not on the car. That's on the person driving the car. You can't blame a feature 
on people being dickheads. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what it is. That's what it is. So, yeah, there was a whole investigation. There was a whole investigation into it all. <laughs> From, um, you know, the NHTSA. Right? And you, you know, that's the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration people. Okay? And, yeah, you just be like, what the fuck? Since it is insane, it is insane, but yeah, so Tesla, because I bet they probably could have fought this whole situation, but they they've said that in a new feat in a new update, right, it would be disabling the feature and make it only viable when the car is stationary, which then makes it kind of pointless. <laughs> <laughs> Unless stationary means if you're stuck in a traffic jam, you are able to play it, right? But as soon as the car starts moving, it turns itself off. That, you know, eh, I mean, that's kind of fair. But yeah, it's it's a little dumb, right? There, there's a lot of things which we seem to want to blame technology for without taking, you know, taking in the fact that the human element is the thing that makes this fuckeries. Yeah, that's it. It's not necessarily the technology. It's the human factor. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's humans that make this fuckeries, not Tesla. It, 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 it's, it's just a little silly, people. What the fuck are we doing? Okay, let's end the news this week with this because, boy, this is crazy. So, a, um, a dinosaur egg was found in China, right? And scientists have discovered a perfectly preserved embryo inside that motherfucking egg right how insane is that right usually it's fossils that are found or bones but to find an egg with an embryo inside jeez that's some crazy ass shit right so they they think it is at least 66 million years old I mean, that's old, right? That's old, son. 66 million years old. Boy. Man. And, um, yeah, it is a, uh, an ovripatosaurus. Ovripatosaurus. Um, they say it means egg thief lizard, right? And these were feathered dinosaurs that lived in, uh, you know, what is now Asia and North America before the late um, Cretaceous period, right? Between 100 million and 66 million years ago. The other thing is they, they did the position the dinosaur fossil is in, right? It, it's how birds, you know, in 
the position they get in as they are being hatched, which is, yeah, mad interesting, right? Now, the crazy, crazy thing about it is this egg, it wasn't just found. It wasn't just, they found the egg in 2000. <laughs> they found it in 2000, but they put it just in storage, right? This egg has been in storage all these years, right? That this, <laughs> this finding, man, it could have been explored all those years. But I wonder, back in 2000, was there the technology to really get into it, right? To actually picture what the fuck we are now seeing? It's kind of fascinating, right? It's kind of fascinating. It's like, you know, those films, right? Because remember, Black Panther, they were talking about Black Panther in the 90s, right? Late 90s. But the thought was, ah, it's going to be cost too much, man. It will cost too much to make. You know, having to try and render all those effects and graphics and blah, blah, blah. Now, right, got made and it was in sensational. Right, big, and it doesn't cost. It didn't cost as much because the technology. So yeah, it is like back then. If they actually tried to look in it back then, would we have the same results? Who the fuck knows? But now we do. Now we do. And so they, yeah, they're going to do some more imaging to really scan and get a look. Now the crazy thing is, right? If we have this embryo. It kind of makes you think, right, that surely that means we can get some real decent DNA from this, right? And they are fucking around with CRISPR. You know what I mean? They're fucking around with CRISPR right now. So could dinosaurs, could Jurassic Park be even closer, even closer than we think? <laughs> it is kind of crazy. But people, that is it. That is it for the news. So let us move on to some other shit, all right? Okay, people. So I have been waiting for this moment, right? Because episode six of Hawkeye dropped today. So that gave me then the opportunity to sit back and eat through everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hey, I, you know, like when this was announced, like 2018, they were talking about doing a Hawkeye. And, you know, we thought we were getting a Hawkeye film, but then they readjusted, brought it over to Disney Plus. And, hey, I've never mad at that. Because it just means you have extra time to tell a story. Now, obviously, sometimes that does mean things get dragged out. But not with Hawkeye. Not with Hawkeye. But what was the story going to be out? We had a lot of things teased. You know, there was a lot of different characters that were, you know, hinted at that could be a part of this. But after Black Widow, we knew some things. You know, um, and yeah, hey, we 
was able to see how it played out. Now, it's, um, yeah, it was created by Jonathan Igler, right, who's worked on a number of big shows. You know what I mean? He, he was a co-executive um, producer on Bridgerton, which was a huge hit last year. He's worked on uh, Masters of Sex, Mad Men, Shut Eye, Pitch. You know what I mean? So, yeah, he's done a lot, right? Um, it was directed by Reese Thomas and Bert and Bertie. They both took, I think, three episodes each. You know what I mean? We had, uh, well, I um, gosh, yeah, who else? Right, so, yeah, Eager was an executive producer along with Thomas, um, Trina Tran, Brad Winter, Winterbaum, Victoria Alonso, Louise Desespitito, and of course Kevin Feige. You know, what I mean, cinematography was Eric Stilberg and James Whitaker. It's edited by Terrell Gibson, Roseanne Tan, and Tim Roche. So, you know, with something like this, right? Igler was the creator and lead writer, showrunner. But we also had Eliza Clement, Katie Matheson, Tana Bean, Erin Cankino, Heather Quinn, um, and Noel, Jenna Noel Fraser. You know, they were also in the writing room, right? They all helped out as well. Now, each episode was, I like, between 40 and 60 minutes, you know what I mean? Uh, six episodes? Did I say it was six episodes? I forget, people. Um, now, our cast. Oh, it was a fat cast. So, Jeremy Renner reprised his role of Clint Barton, Hawkeye. Right, we then had uh, Haley Steinfeld, who uh, took up the role of Kate Bishop. You know, she's twenty-two in this. I, I forget how old she is in the comic books, but I know she was. I believe she's the oldest member of the Young Avengers. Right, so there is that. Um. We also have uh, doo -doo -doo -doo. oh, who's um, god damn it, Vera Famiga. Yes, she plays Eleanor Bishop, obviously Kate's mum, right? Um, we then who played Derek? Derek? Huh. Uh, is it Derek? Huh. Actually, I'm not sure. Um, fuck. I can't think of who played her dad. 
<laughs> yeah, he he was there. He was up in the mix. Um, yeah, I cannot, can't remember people, but someone did play a dad. So yeah, there is that. Uh, we also had um, you know, Linda Cardinelli. She reprised her role of Laura Barton. Um. Their kids were played by, um, oh God, who, the name of those little bratty brat brat brats, and, uh, uh, yes, it's Ben Sakamoto, Ava Russo, and Cade Woodard. They played the Barton children. Um, Cade is Nathaniel. Um, you know, Ava is Leah. And um, Ben is Cooper, right? We had Alex Pronovic as Ivan. He was uh, an enforcer for the tracksuit mafia. Oh, Brian... D.R.C. James is Derek Bishop, Kate's dad. Ah, yes, there we go. Whew. Um, we also had Frey Fee. He played Kazamiz, another member of the tracksuit mafia. Um, Pieter Adamaksky played Thomas, tracksuit mafia. Um, Okay, so we have got um, Simon Callow played Armand de Cunes, the third, the uncle of um, Tony Dalton's character, Jack Dupuis, who is dating um, Kate's mum. Yeah, obviously, after the... Yeah, it's a... Mm, it's a thing. That's not really a spoiler. It's not really a spoiler. It happens literally in the, the, the opening sequence, as it were. Uh, so we also have got... Um, Alacqua Cox. So this was interesting, right? Because... Later in the in the game, we heard that Echo would be appearing. Now, Echo is a character created by David Mack and Brian um, Brian Bendis. There's another name, Brian Michael. Brian is it Brian Michael Bendis? I think it is Brian Michael Bendis. But yes, they created um, Echo during Bendis's run on Daredevil, and the character is great. Right, really interesting because she's a deaf, but in the comic book, she could, you know, pick up any fighting style by watching it. And she's, you know, Native American, um, Native American, then that's what you say, right? Indigenous, right? Um, and yeah, she's a very interesting character. So it was always like, huh, how are they going to depict that? Right, but they and they, you know, they hired Alakua Cox, who's deaf, right, and, and of uh, an indigenous 
descent as well. So it was just like, yo, they, they did a good job with all of that. So I was very interested to see how was she going to, um, yeah, appear, right? Because, uh, yeah, that, that was going to be, like, uh, interesting. So we had Zahn McClammon, who is her dad, uh, William Lopez. Um, oh, gosh. There's Carlos Navarro, who played Enrique, another tracksuit warrior, uh, cat up in there. Um, Clayton English played Grills. Um, Ade Adeletrifi Thomas um, played Wendy. Um, Robert Walker Branchard played Conrad. Um, and Adele Dalos played Orville. No, Missy, sorry, Missy. No, and yeah, ah, Robert played Orville. Apologies. Um, yes, and they're part of a LARPing group with grills, which, yeah, was a, definitely an interesting um, situation with this. Right, and then we had Florence Pugh up in the mix, which you know that was something that we knew after Black Widow, right? She was gonna now. I did recall there was a word that Taskmaster was gonna be in it as well, but that didn't happen. But <laughs> we did, oh my days, we did get a uh a surprise appearance which was pretty friggin' fantastic oh my god it really yeah was not expecting it one little bit but damn <laughs> oh my god it yeah you will be very happy very happy when i think it's episode five Right, when, um, yeah, this character shows up. Because I feel when you're watching it, it is kind of hinted at, right? Kind of. Well, not really hinted at, but we get mention of a, a nemesis, as it were. And you're wondering and being like, hold on. Could that be? No, that's not going to be. No, 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 no. That wouldn't. That wouldn't be, would it? And it was. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was. Ah, and, yeah, you, you are definitely, brings a smile to your face, because it ties in a little bit to something Baig had said about another character. So when this one shows up, you're like, oh, shit. Okay. Okay. We are getting 
busy up in here, motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, it just opens things up. It opens things up. And it also gives us that happy transition from, uh, uh, you know, one franchise kind of thing to the next. You know what I mean? It was something people were talking about a few, about five years, probably six years ago now, right? If, if this would happen. So, yeah, seeing this and then hearing also what Faig said recently, yeah, you're like outstanding. <laughs> because, so, like, the casting was superb with this other stuff. So you were just like, oh man, does that mean we lose all these great freaking characters? No, it doesn't, people. No, it doesn't. And that, that's very good. That's very bloody good. So the gist of the story is this. Former Avenger Clint Barton has a seemingly simple mission. Get back to his family for Christmas. Possible. Maybe with the help of Kate Bishop, a 22-year-old archer with dreams of becoming a superhero. The two are forced to work together when a presence from Barton's past threatens to derail far more than the festive spirit. Now, I will say this, right? There is plenty of times when, um, you know, like you watch something and you feel things are forced, like a Christmas movie, you know, and be like, ah, did that need to be, you know, especially I always hated, you know, there, there was a, a series of something you enjoyed and, you know, it's December, so we've got to make a Christmas episode. And it's just like, ugh, fuck it. So, yeah, I did wonder, because at first I didn't know, like, this was meant to be based around Christmas. So it was like, ah, what are they doing? But no, didn't feel false. Didn't feel false at all, right? We, we open up getting a feel on the Kate Bishop character, right? We are um, showing her as a, a little ute. And I've got to say... Right at the very start of this, I was a bit like, ugh, because you know, she's a little rich girl, and you know, it's like, oh, am I gonna be able to vibe here? You know what I mean? Uh, like, will I care? You know, but yeah, it's um. You do kind of get that nice little sense on the character, right? Because I feel you learn more. And the young, you know, Kate Bishop is played by Clara Stack. You know what I mean? And yeah, does a great job, right? Because you you learn what is the emphasis for becoming. Hawkeye, right? Why, why she was so eager to do this. We do get like this flash of her 
training and learning all these skills. And again, a little apprehensive because I'm just like, yo, to become a master in all of those things, just one of those on its own, that's going to take years, right? She's only 22. Uh, so there is a bit like, Ugh, that's a little dumb. But again, again, right? That This is just like the, literally the opening kind of few minutes, right? They, they give us all of this kind of backstory on Kate, you know, her mom, her dad, like what kind of happened, everything like this. It's connected to the events of 2012, right? Uh, uh, Avengers 1, um, you know, with the, the Battle of New York and all of this. So it ties in and you're like, yeah, that makes sense, right? So we get some of the scenes from that film interjected and it, do, it looks very good, looks very good. Then we jump forward, right? We, we jump forward. Um, and again, you know, she's living in this stush little house and you were wondering how they're going to play it, right? But they don't try and shy away from the fact she's from money, you know? But the, the, the frictions and, you know, situations, they do feel natural, right? When you think about it all, you're like, yeah, that makes sense, right? I get that. And... Also, right, there, there is the bravado, you know what I mean, of, well, I'm great at all of these things, so I can do this. And the thing I very much enjoyed is they showed a lot of fuck-ups, right? They didn't try and make people perfect. They showed these mistakes and the learning curves and everything like that. So it's just like, yo, okay, yeah. I'm digging that this speaks to me, man. And you know, the, the, the first episode, it, it kind of takes a while to bring certain people in and all of this, but you are intrigued, right? It's setting certain characters up for you to think and believe and all of this kind of stuff. So yeah, you're you're watching and you're like, oh, that means that is an all oh, that's leading to. And you are definitely on this ride, right? And the kind of team up between Clint and Kate, again, feels very natural, right? Because as this moves on, you understand what, what kind of one of these big themes of this is. And it's like family, right? Family is this big, strong component Right, Clint wanting to get home to his family for Christmas. You know what I mean? Like, because it's a year after Endgame when all of this happens, and we know they all disappeared in the blip, right? That's in Endgame, people. No spoilers. Uh, so yeah, he this is his first Christmas with them, you know, and he's you know, he was he thought they were gonna be dead and all of this, so it's very that's very well. So you understand the motivations of Clint. Right? So there's there. Kate, you know, I mean, like her family situation, you know, her dad's dead. Um, you know, her mum, like she's with a new dude. So there's kind of that. But 
another thing they didn't make that that big you know what I mean like when you watch something and it's like I don't want you to be happy with someone else and it's just like you're an adult grow the fuck up man they didn't play that angle which I was very happy about but there was still these things right which you think oh yes all of this makes sense all of it makes sense but you can see that you know she lost her dad so she she lost that figure in her life because you know if you see she loved her dad she she kind of you know followed him and adventures and just all of this kind of stuff so then as we see from the beginning how she see, first sees Clint you can see the importance of that and why she is so eager to impress him right so it's all kind of playing on these things right when we bring Maya echo into it right we, we again it's another family situation you know what I mean like we see um little Maya who's played by Darnell uh Besor, right who um you know really killed it and there's a nice little scene with her um her teacher right um and it, yeah it just works very very well teacher played by sissy cow right and we get these really nice little scenes in there um her friend you know is um Kazi, you know, played by Frey Free, part of the tracksuit of Mafia, which was a, definitely a fun part of Matt Fraction and David Eicher's comic book run, right? And and that this heavily brings a lot of stuff from that. You know, we have Pizza Dog, Lucky, played by Jolt. <laughs> you know, which is you know, just a, a, a fun thing. Like, oh, how are they going to do the whole pizza dog thing? And it, it works, man. It really does. But again, there's there's just all of these kind of things that really speak about these connections and everything like that. So as it goes on, right, you understand Clint's decisions, right? Why he would do certain things. And we have these great little interactions. There really is this chemistry between Renner and Steinfeld. You know what I mean? So you buy this relationship and how it evolves and how it moves. You know, he he talks to her, like at the beginning, a little harshly. But you understand he's trying to protect her, right? He's seeing all of these people die right, over the, the course of, you know, the Avengers films and everything like that, and it's just like, after Natasha, right, there's this, there's this weight on him, right, because trauma is another big part of this, it's a big part of Clint's story, it's a big part of Maya's story, even Kate, Right, it, it, there, there's this trauma that is a driving force. Yelena, 
right? There's all of these people trying to deal with these things and get past these things, right? So yeah, you get these great little interactions and conversations, you know, which is great. Oh my gosh, the, the whole thing with Thomas and Kate as well. Be like, hey, good thing is to imagine dragons. Oh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I'm a root, but it's just great. There is this humor going through, but it doesn't feel like a forced humor. You know what I mean? So it just, it, you just watch it and you smile. <laughs> hey, and hey, for Alan, Alan Alex Pernovic. Right, he is very good in this, and that's good because I ah just puppet master didn't you know I mean you, if you if you check into echo chamber you you know a few weeks ago we looked at puppet master Alex Pernovic is in that and it didn't quite work for me but it's good to see him shine because you know he's been great in a lot of you know other things yeah and so yeah he he, he killed it in this. You know, and just this the, the whole tracksuit mafia thing was handled very well because it could have been too comical, right? To, to and ruined the pace and the flow, but no, it's great. You know, what I mean, moving bros. <laughs> oh my gosh, and one of the other genius things is Rogers the musical. You're just like, oh shit, this, this looks crazy, right? You kind of hark back to Spider-Man. Was it Spider-Man turn out the lights or something like that? Crazy Spider-Man musical. But yeah, Rogers the musical people. Oh, that was a stroke of genius. And you know what I mean? Like the story. All right, the story of this is very good because as it goes on, new kind of folds come into it. And I do believe, right, that there's things that happen that do kind of catch you. It, it because they played it so well that it wasn't transparent, right? That you you were like, oh fuck, okay, that's where you're going. Nice. You know, and especially, yeah, when we get this cameo, right? As I said, you, you, you wondered, because there were certain things said, and you're like, would that mean, hey, I, I know, I've heard nothing about it, right? And you'd think, surely that would have been broken, right? But God bless the people that kept it a secret, right? Because there's people yapping all manner of shit. And God bless those motherfuckers for not putting shit on Instagram and Twitter and all of that because I was so happily pleased when that came out of it. But yeah, we're going to get, obviously we're going to get the, the Echo spin-off series. You know, that was announced um, earlier in the year. So, you know, and I think there's a definitely fertile ground now to cover with that. I, I think we could definitely get a season two of Hawkeye. I would not be mad at that because, yeah, just the way everything works and all of that, man, it, it was also, I will say, right, 
it wasn't just throwing echo in there, right? Be like, oh, we need representation, let's do that. But the, the story makes sense, and it also then plays off Clint's hearing loss, right? Which, which is handled so well, so well, you know? And it was so good to see Yelana again, because, you know, Kate Bishop, ah, you are so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people, people, if you haven't watched Hawkeye, if you haven't watched, I highly recommend it. You like, if you've enjoyed all the um, Disney Plus Marvel stips, if you've enjoyed the Marvel series so far on Disney Plus, which, you know, hey, when they folded to Marvel TV, Right, and it was like Marvel Studios is taking over the TV stuff. I thought that was pretty great because you know you kind of figured, oh, we're gonna get be able to get proper crossover with the films, and we've been getting crossover with the films, but the quality of these shows, god damn, it's so fucking good. It's so now the Netflix stuff was great, right? But this stuff. We ain't had a dud yet, people. We have not had a dud yet. So if you've enjoyed all the things to the past, this ain't going to let you down. Trust me. So people, go get you some Hawkeye, some Pizza Dog, some Kate Bishop, some Echo. Hey, it's definitely worth it. And people, you will enjoy the surprise. Trust me. Stay just stay off the internet because I I imagine people will be talking about it more now. But yeah, stay off, avoid the spoilers because when it happens, you're gonna be so fucking happy. So yeah, go get you some Hawkeye. Alright, people. So our book this week is the Midnight Library. Yes, you may have read it. It came out last year, right? 2020, won a lot of awards and good praise. So I figured I'd check it out. It's by Matt Haig, right? Who has a whole host of books to his name. You know what I mean? So, uh, yes. Now, the gist of the book is, um, oh, actually... Actually, 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 I should probably uh, get the narrator, right? Because um, that would be a bit crazy. Carrie Mulligan. Okay? Carrie Mulligan does the narration, which, you know what I mean? Can you get better than that? Ah, delightful, right? Carrie Mulligan has a very, she's got a very good voice for books. You know what I mean? Which I think is, um, yeah, it's a good thing. But, okay, the gist of the book is this. Somewhere out beyond the edge of the universe, there is a library that came, contains an infinite number of books. Each one the story of another reality. One tells a story of your life as it is, along with another book, for the other life you could have lived. If you have, if you have, error, if you had made a different choice at any point in your life, 
while we all wonder how our lives might have been, what if you had the chance to go to the library and see for yourself? Would any of these other lives truly be better? In the Midnight Library, Matt Hayes' enchanting blockbuster novel, Nora Seed finds herself faced with this decision, faced with the possibility of changing her life for a new one, following a different career, undoing old breakups, realizing her dreams of becoming a, a glaciologist. She must search within herself as she travels through the Midnight Library to decide what is truly fulfilling in life and what makes it worth living in the first place. So, yes, uh, there you have it. Now, I will say that that description isn't quite right, right? Because a library isn't there. You know what I mean? It, 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 the, the thing being is, what would be there is the thing that speaks to you. That's what we find out. It's not... Um, Yeah, it, it, it's not that, you know, you might not see a library, but Nora sees a library because that's where she spends a lot of her time. You know, that that was the thing. Right. So, yeah, I, I do find that a bit weird. Now, the book itself. Right. So we start off and we, you know, we kind of get a sense of Nora's life. You know, she, she's living alone. Um, she was meant to be married to Dan, but she pulled called off the wedding two days before. I think it was two days before, or was it two weeks before? It was two something before, but it was very close to the date. She calls it off. Dan's still contacting her, sending her messages, says he misses her. She still loves him, but is confused. Right, she um, used to be a swimmer, very good swimmer. She quit that. Yeah, used to be in a band. Supposedly they were just about to get signed. She quit that. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of things we find out that she quits on. Used to play the piano, loved it. Now she just teaches one person. One person. Right, doesn't really play any other time. Right, so kind of quit that. She works in at String Theory. It's a, a shop that sells musical instruments and music. Sheet music, right? Music for you to play, not CDs. Right. Um and she has a cat, Voltaire, I believe the cat was called. That's kind of crazy. I remembered that, right? I, I I forget what I'm doing tomorrow, but I remember the name of a cat in a book. Okay. <laughs> anyway, right? So her life is a little, you could say mundane, right? She's not seeing anyone else or anything like that. Her best friend is in Australia. She could have gone, but she cancelled, right? And she collects medicine for her neighbor, Mr. Banerjee. Now, with all the things that are, are just she's letting slip away from life, 
but that's it. Like, it's not crazy. Now, her mum died of cancer. We find that out. Her dad had a heart attack when she was a kid. But it's just like, you know, that's it. Right? They're, they're like, it, it could be a worse life. She's got a flat. You you don't get to sound like she's in any financial shit. Now, obviously, you, you know, everyone can probably get make more money and all of that. But it, it, you, when you kind of look at it, it doesn't seem to be re, like anything crazy, crazy. You know, and a lot of the things she's just not doing. Right, so this was the weird thing about the book for me because, look, I get depression, right? I get depression. I understand that and all of that kind of stuff, you know? But, you know, like, it doesn't say why she doesn't want to see a counsellor or why she's not, you know, she's on medication, Right, we know that, but it, yeah, it's just not like um, why aren't you seeking help? You know what I mean? Or there, there is the thing of, you know, we kind of get a sense why she quit swimming, you know, and why she quit the band, but there doesn't seem to be anything on why she doesn't try anything else. You know, like, why doesn't she try and get a better job? Right? Why doesn't she teach more people piano? Right? We don't get that. And I think that's very important because here it's just like, (sighs) my cat died. I lost my job. I think I'm going to kill myself. Right? That's essentially it. And it's just like, yeah, losing a, you know, a a loved pet, that can be tough for sure. For sure. I don't, you know, doubt that. The job, she doesn't, she didn't love the job. So so you just think, "Mm, well, and also it's retail. There's other retail jobs if you want to work in retail. So You know what I mean? Like, you feel that she could have got another job, right? So it was just this thing of, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to kill myself. And it just seems there wasn't enough there for it to be warranted, you know? Because the the way the book is, like, we're, we're learning about Laura, and it's just like, um... Four days before Laura decided to kill herself, you know, 20 hours before Laura decided to kill herself, you know, so the build up is like this. And so you're waiting for the big thing that drove her to it. But you're looking at her life and you're just like, I, you mean, she's not particularly getting bullied. You know, a a, a guy that used to be a brother, he's a brother's best friend is mad at her and her brother didn't visit her when he was in town but 
we don't really get the sense that she's reaching out to her brother either, right? So it's just one of those things that you're like, all right, fine, you've decided to kill yourself. But yes, she wakes in a library, you know, and her favorite librarian, well, the only librarian at her school, you know, the woman that helped her out a lot, and she talked to, she would eat lunch in the library. Yeah, she's there, right? She's there, and she explains this whole thing to Laura. Like, hey, this place, all these books, these books are about you. These books are about your life, the, the paths you could have taken. And here, the first book is the Book of Regrets, and this book will be all the things you regret not doing. Like, I regret not going to Australia with Izzy. I regret not marrying Dan. But that flickers in and out because sometimes she does, sometimes she doesn't. You know what I mean? I regret leaving the band. I regret blah, 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 blah. So it goes like that. Right? And, you know, that crushes her, obviously. Right? And it's all a bit like, oh, she's so sensitive. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it, it's like... Uh, she, you know, she, she, she now has to kind of make a decision, right? Because there's, although it's kind of infinite, there is a, there is kind of a limit, you know, because this is on that cusp of her attempting to kill herself. So you're, you're, you're in the cracks between then her dying, right? So there's a finite, a finite amount of time in which she has to decide before her body is just like, blah. All right, so that's the whole gist of it. But yeah, she um, finds a, a, a choice she regrets and she can then try and live that life, right? And she goes through a lot of different lives, right? So what would it would happen if I did marry Dan? What would have happened if I did go to Australia? What happened if I was in the band? You know, just all these different things. What if I had finished a novel that I started at uni? Now, one thing was, right, most of the things that we see her go into, she's very successful. Very successful. At, you know, the band is, you know, revered around the world. Right? The novel bestseller. Olympics twice as a swimmer. You know, and you're just a bit like, okay. Right? Like, it's just a bit, it just felt a little safe, a little pain, you know, because it's just like, yeah, obviously throw her in and make her the best, the best, the best, right? If we really want to do this shit, it shouldn't it just be like, ah, she tried the band, didn't quite work out. You know, they, they just work in pubs now. That would have been a better story, a more realistic story, because if the gist of it is to try and ground her to let her see that life isn't that bad and even though some things don't quite turn out how you want we can still 
enjoy the experience, right? We can still make something of it. But it, it shows like, oh, no, she's a famous singer dating a famous actor. But life still is a bit meh. It's still a bit meh. Oh, boo-hoo. But then the weird thing is, like, I'm so proud I was the one to dump an actor. And you're just like, that's such a weird thing to be like, oh, I'm proud of. And just to kind of put out there, you know, in the context of this book, because it's just like, that's not the thing, man. Right? If a relationship doesn't work, a relationship doesn't work. Right? If someone's an arsehole, then, yeah, you don't want to be around them. But it's not like, ha, I dumped someone that was more successful than me. Yay me. It's just like, I'm glad I'm out of that situation. That just wasn't good for me. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah, it was weird, right? Because if you're thinking, oh, I dated, I dumped an actor. It's just like you only dated them because they're an actor, right? That was then the only reason. Because you're not going, uh, yeah, you're not gloating on that front, right? So it's just weird, especially because we're meant to be dealing with this mental health situation and trying to rebuild Nora, as it were. You know, she bumps into a guy in her situation. That's when we learn it's not always a library, right? I think we learn that at the beginning as well anyway, but it's kind of reinforced at this point. Now, things happen, they have sex, but it's just like, ugh, the sex was so underwhelming. It's like he was looking through me all the time. And you're just like, okay, all right, but what did you do? You know what I mean? This is, so this is the thing, because we never get what Laura is trying to do to fix a situation or what are Laura's faults. You know what I mean? Because she says some snarky things during this book, but nothing's like called out on. But yeah, the sex thing was weird because it doesn't say particularly why it was bad, like, was it too quick, you know, robotic, like, this is just like, he kind of saw through me, you know, she's like, oh, there wasn't the emotion, but it's just like, but you don't know each other, so, you know, and the person he likes isn't this you, right, so if that person was still there, then the sex probably would have been better because he likes that for you, you know what I mean? But it's not like, you know, I, I told him that, you know, my breasts were too sensitive, but he kept on, or, you know, that oh, I wanted him to eat me a bit longer and he didn't. Like, there was nothing like that. So it was just like, all right, how did you try and make the sex better? Like, did you be like, no, 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 I prefer it like this. You know, like, I want to be on top. Or, you know what I mean? Like, but there was nothing. And that was the thing in a lot of these situations, like we hear a complaint. I oh now I'm a famous singer, but uh, it sucks. Uh, yeah, you hear a complaint all the time, but it's just like, but what do you do in these situations? How could you make these situations better? And it's not like oh, if you're you know you're a victim, right? It's your fault for getting beat up. 
let's say. Now, this isn't happened, but I'm just an example, right? Then it's your fault for getting beaten up. No, 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 no. But you do have the choice to go to the police, leave the house, all of these things, which is tough. It's tough. And a lot of times there's socks, socks home, Scott's home, stops. Stockholm, Stockholm syndrome, right? There's sometimes, sometimes there's things like that and a sense of guilt. And I get that, but there are outs, right? And then you find people, then they, they, they just like realize that and they leave, they get out, they escape, they save themselves, you know, but there was none of that here. It was just like getting into this situation that she thought would be perfect. And then it's just like, actually, he wasn't a very nice person. And it's just like, right. But you let all of those things go. You know, if if he's rude to waiting stuff, you don't be, you weren't like, ah, you shouldn't do, man, that's kind of shitty, man. What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? You know, if he's telling you to, like, you let, you went with all of that, you know, you you went with all of that, you you enabled the situation, so it, like, it wasn't a book about her learning not to enable, right, that would have been something, but it wasn't that, right, it, 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 it it's also that thing of, um, oh, I I thought that bright lights and dazzle would be the thing that makes my life fulfilling, but really, just the mundane is enough. And you're just like, ah, fuck off. They're so simplistic and trite. You know what I mean? It's ah, it just frustrated me. Just frustrated me. You know, because. It was just a weird way of looking at depression and just an easy way of, oh, this is what you should do, right? The grass isn't always greener. Yeah, it was just kind of that. And it's just like, like, that's so simplistic, right? That's not the thing that fucks a lot of people up. You know what I mean? It's not the thing that fucks a lot of people up. So just to kind of wrap it in this little bow and be like, there you go. Nora's saying it's just like, ugh. Ugh. But (laughs) there's always a but, right? There's always a but, people. You know. You know. All right. So um, listen, I think that like it wasn't for me as a book it obviously was not for me but you know i i I think if you like stuff like fuck it was something like the 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 many lives or something read it recently i read it earlier this year people fuck i you know you know um, it's, it's, it's gonna bug me and then uh, the invisible life of Addy LaRue right if you they're kind of similar 
So I think if you enjoyed the invisible life of um, Addy LaRue, I think you will very much enjoy this. You know what I mean? Um, the, uh, fuck. There was another, there was these books, and my friend, she really liked them, but I was, uh, I couldn't get into it. it. Wasn't that it was rubbish, I just couldn't get into it. Um, and I think that was the miniaturist, something like that, right? I think if you like those sort of books, then the Midnight Library, I, I, I think that would work for you, you know what I mean? I, I, I think you will resonate with that story. It just, it, you know what I mean? It just didn't really work for me. You know, but yeah, the idea, the idea is a decent one. Oh, the other thing, there was another thing that got me, right? Because she's jumping into all of these different lives and situations. Now, firstly, it's like, oh, she jumps in with no information whatsoever. And you're just like, listen. I've got a quantum leap, motherfucker. <laughs> and Sam, he didn't, when he first jumped in, yeah, he's a little disorientated. But as time went on, he got more and more information. Now, not the full hope, but he got up to a point, you know, and there was information. And you just think, firstly, yeah, it would, like, you're not getting thrown into a life, but with nothing, because... It, that just doesn't work, you know? The other thing is, the first time, fine. Maybe the second time. But after that, you understand the situation. Nora would understand the situation. So the fact that she was still acting like a dum-dum, that made no sense, right? It's just like, fine, be like, oh, okay, I'm jumping into this life. All right, so I don't know who anyone's name is. And I need to work all of this out and what the situation is. Okay, there's questions. Be like, yo, I don't know, man. I, I think I've eaten something. I just feel a bit messy. It's like my mind is all scrambled and fuzzy. What the fuck are we meant to be doing right now? Because for the life of me, it's gone, right? Boom. Someone's just like, oh, man, you're such an idiot. All right, we're meant to be going to the blah, blah, blah. You know, in the simple ways. You know, or it's like, oh, I, I need to um, check movie times. Has someone got the paper? Then you'll be like, oh, what's the time? Oh, the date is on the paper. You know what I mean? Like, certain information, you'll be like, who's the president? Who's the prime minister? What's happening in the world? Like, there's ways. And also, it's set now. So iPhones and, you know, Samsung Edges and all of that are around. So it's just like, yeah, it, it was weird how every time she jumped in, it's like, I know nothing. And then her fumbling at trying to find things out. But you're just like, there's ways, man. What the fuck are you doing? And it's just like certain information. She'd be like, wait, he's dead. And you're like, bitch, you're in a fucking other reality. 
What are you doing? Like, you've been told this over and over again. Yeah, that was irritating. That was irritating. But as I said, look, if you like The Invisible Life, The Miniaturist, stuff like that, I think this will work with you. Okay? So, um, yeah, that's my take on the Midnight Library people. Okay, people, so we have reached that time, but before we bounce, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of TV. All right, so, people, if you're a fan of Search Party, you will be pleased to know that the 7th of January will be when the um, fifth and final season hit HBO Max. So it is said in this series, Dory um, enters a very public business partnership with charismatic tech billionaire Tunnel Quinn um, on the other side of a near death experience. Uh, I have to say, I didn't know Ali um, Shawcat was in this. I might have to try and give Search Party a check, though I don't know where I'm going to find it because uh, we don't get HBO Max over here. But um, I do like Ali Shawcat, she's very good. Okay, also, people, if you are a fan of really costumes, right, and um, you know, the 1800s, I think it's the 1800s, right. The Regency period, you'll be pleased to know that season two of Bridgerton has a release date, right? It will be hitting on the 25th of March 2022. Okay, so just three more months, people. Three more months to the day, right? So, yeah, boom, there you go. Uh, also, people, um. Yeah, a lot of people have been waiting for the new season, well, of Star Trek Discovery over on international waters. That could be a problem. <laughs> now, there is already the issues around it getting pulled off Netflix and everything being delayed, but the full season finally did launch in the States, right? But things are going to be stopping very soon. Right, so this seventh episode is due to come out on the 30th of December. And then you're gonna get nothing until the 10th of February, right? That's when the final six episodes will start dropping. So it's gonna be ending on the 17th of March, which has had a ripple effect on everything else, right? The card is getting delayed because of this. And then that new one, um, Strange New Worlds, is also getting pushed back, right? Because Picard is meant to come straight after Discovery and New World after Picard. So with Discovery getting pushed, it means everything else gets pushed. But it is kind of crazy, right? It is the reason that people hate people hated 
normal TV because of the stupid breaks and everything. And I kind of think people kind of think with streaming platforms, you get away with from all of this bullshit. Right? And that was definitely a big plus about like Netflix because they release all the episodes at once. So you could then watch whenever you wanted to watch. Right? So this whole oh you're gonna have to wait, it makes no sense, right? Because you can track who watches a show, <laughs> you know how many viewers it's getting and when and all of that. So there's no real reason to do this sort of bullshit. But yeah, if people wonder why Paramount Plus, you know, people weren't signing up, it's because silliness like this. You know what I mean? But uh, hey, sticking with the streaming platforms, big news has come to those who are a big fan of HBO Max because they're getting another DC animated series. And this is going to be Legions of Superheroes. Yes, people, right? Legion of Superheroes, it's the DC heroes from the 31st century, right? So a, a bunch of people, yeah, heroes who love the heroes from the present time, and they decide to try and emulate them. Right, so currently, Brian Michael Bendis is writing, and Ryan Sook is drawing the comic book series. And this new TV series is going to play on that run, right? Bendis had uh, a comment to say, so just like that series on sale now, it will harken back to so many classics while at the same time doing what Legion does, pushing all the ideas of superheroes forward in every direction. I think Legion of Superheroes is among the greatest franchises in the history of comics, and I'm as honored to be rating them as I was Spider-Man. So, um, yeah, there you go, people. Um, there's not a, a date for when this will drop, but just the fact it is coming, right? It is coming. And being an animated show, it does mean that it will probably move a lot quicker than others may. So let's end on this, because it's news I have been waiting on for a long, long time, right? And that is when the new season of Atlanta is coming. <laughs> so the third season, right, 10 episodes, which... We have been waiting on it for three years now, right? It will be dropping on the 24th of March. Woo! So, um, yeah, it's an, epic, it's an epic show. So I'm assuming it's going to be hitting stars, right? On international waters on Disney+, Plus, which is great. Right? So, yeah. And... I don't, we won't have to wait as long for the fourth season because they filmed the third and fourth back to back, right? So that's great news. Also, people, 
um, Snowfall, right? Another FX show. That, that's getting a new date, right? The fifth season will be coming, and this one's coming earlier. It will be dropping on the 23rd of February. So, uh, yeah, people definitely looking forward to those both great shows. And, um, yeah, that is it. We are done for another week, people. So enjoy the rest of your Christmas day. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time, all right? Peace.